0: And ready to go. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow with underway. The Monday edition has arrived, and we're ready. Billy Lucci, founder, co-owner of TexAgs.com, who broke the story of Jimbo Fisher's firing in College Station with Texas A&M. He will be with us in an hour from right now. Plus, David Pollock on today's show. He jumps in the mix. Former Georgia Bulldog, former NFL pass rusher for the Bengals, and. Uh, Formerly with Game Day. He's on with us later in the show as well. Chad, we're certainly uh, thankful for all of uh, our viewers and listeners across the Outkick Network. If you want to chat with Chad, he's back. I'm back, baby. He's back in the chat currently. I Uh, am back. Head over to the YouTube page right now. Search out Outkick. Subscribe while you're there and let your opinions fly. Because we had plenty to to dive into today. From suspensions to firings, game-winning drives, and, uh, well... Trolling, as well, is how I would describe Jim Harbaugh today. Well, it's I
1: I, I hesitate to say that Jim Harbaugh is trolling anyone. I, I think Jim Harbaugh Hutton is the rare breed that is so self-involved okay. in his own brain and with his own program and what he sees right in front of him. The lack of self-awareness from Jim Harbaugh is so startling. Lane Kiffin would be trolling people by saying something that we're about to hear. Not fans. I I believe Jim Harbaugh is saying everything he's saying completely straight-faced with not an ounce of regret on his conscience. This is a guy who believes everything he's saying, regardless of how ridiculous everything sounds. And Michigan people, quote-unquote Michigan men of the world right now, sound utterly ridiculous. And their defenses of their own program. It is, I mean, we're talking, uh, the Hollywood actors are off strike now. This is Hollywood movie level drama from Michigan people about all of this. It is insanity. And everyone else in America sees it. Michigan
0: men and women cannot see it in themselves right now. It's crazy. This is a teaser for what will be the Big Ten Championship speech on the at the podium. Uh, uh, uh. As Tony Petiti hands him the trophy, quite frankly. After suspending Harbaugh for the rest of the remainder of the regular season, where he's not on the sideline on game day and he's not allowed on the premises, not allowed in the venue for the stadium, wherever they may be playing. Coming up, it'll be Maryland. But this past weekend, it was Penn State and Michigan handled Penn State. We'll recap that in a moment. But this is Jim Harbaugh's media availability earlier where he's discussing. Michigan's win and the team that went out there and dominated the Nittany Lions. The perseverance, you know, and then the just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody, it's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that that, uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the naysayers and you know, critics, so-called experts, think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. And, yeah, watching it from, from that view on the television, it was, finally, people get to see what I see every day, you know, in these players and these coaches. So there's Jim Harbaugh speaking to the media today, discussing what his team did without him there uh, against Penn State, against James Franklin, and a uh, Nickney Lions team that really was not up to par with the caliber of the Wolverines, Chad, because we're about to dive in on how ridiculous this sounds. But I, what he's doing, I think, is as smart as what Kirby Smart did a year ago, where somehow he convinced his team that no one believed they could win. And they were repeating this the entire way to a back-to-back championship performance. I do think it's it's it will be looked back upon as a, a brilliant move because they... They, from the quarterback on down are retweeting, reposting the bet, you know, on, on anything that they, JJ McCarthy's posting that on social on Fridays, the suspension is handed down. Oh, by the way, while Michigan is in the air. I mean, if you don't talk about trolling, that's exactly what that was. Um, I think this is more or less what we're going to hear whenever Jim Harbaugh is hoisting the big 10 championship trophy in Indianapolis. And Tony Petiti is going to hand it out to him. That is going to be a scene.
1: Yeah, they're the best team in the Big Ten uh, from what they've done on the field. I, I don't know many people that's disputing that right now. I, I, I have a hard time with this because um, first off, Jim Harbaugh, it, if you continue to miss games and your team doesn't drop off at all, uh, that's a question mark with Jim Harbaugh at some point. That's a great testament to your staff. But I'm not seeing many issues without Jim Harbaugh in game days with the Michigan team. So either credit to the staff or not, or too much credit is given to Jim Harbaugh as a head coach. I would be a little bit leery if your team's going to go on and win the next three games without you. If in fact, that's the court order in all of this. If that happens, that doesn't make Jim Harbaugh look as
0: good. I think we'll find the answer to that when they're actually in a tight game.
1: Well, they should have been in a tight game on Saturday. We'll, we'll get to
0: that because I've yeah. got a
1: James Franklin piece of this I want to talk Their head about coach was all on the sideline
0: too, yeah. Guys, what you.
1: we're telling you is there's a lot to get to over the weekend. Jimbo Fisher's been fired. Mississippi State fired a coach before a full season where he was the head coach. Uh, two coaches who faced off in a 51-13 to game. Both sides of that blowout are fired. The, in the next couple of days, there's a lot happening in college football. But the main story is the main story, and that is the Michigan Wolverines. Um They're crazy. Michigan people sound completely and utterly insane. But here is what's great about this, if you're a Michigan fan. Michigan players absolutely love it. And recruits that you're after, I'm sure they love it. And this is an instance where Jim Harbaugh's utter insanity is going to help him with this team. And I think it's going to help him with recruits that they're recruiting. Because there is kind of this us against the world type thing. But it's so funny to me that the us in this situation are the violators, right? It's the whistleblowers out there and everyone's saying, hey, that's wrong. That is somehow the, the, the negative part of this story. The victim is the perpetrators in this. It's Michigan that broke the rules. It's Michigan that cheated. It's Michigan that has not denied any of the wrongdoing by Connor Stallion's. And then it's Jim Harbaugh and people who coach for him or currently coach with with him sobbing in front of cameras, acting like the guy got a cancer diagnosis instead of being suspended because his program is, wait for it, guilty of cheating. However you want to slice it, they're guilty of cheating. They haven't denied any of it. What they're trying to convince the public is that somehow their head coach didn't know. Then ask yourself, should he have known? But. Ultimately, none of it's going to matter because Michigan is steamrolling the competition. Jim Harbaugh has got this team completely bought in and united. That coaching staff has people completely bought in and united. Their president, which we're going to get to a little bit later, is completely bought in and united. I've said it before. I'll say it again. No more. Don't tell me about Michigan man. The defense of everything that's gone on here shows me you're just like everyone else. And that's fine. It's fine. It's college football. It is win or else. It is huge business. I get all of that. Don't talk to me about integrity ever again on any subject. Don't want to hear about it, Michigan. You've sold out to go win the national title, and you've got a team to do it. So go and do it. And, Hutton, I'm with you. This is the Big Ten champion right now from what I've seen. I, that defense is phenomenal. Close. They're able to run the ball 27 straight times. And win a game on the road. Eight pass attempts. Incredible. Look, it, it, it is a tough football team. That's trolling
0: team. Penn State too, by the way. Yeah,
1: they are unified. They are ready to go. So I, I think they're the best team in the Big Ten. But this whole us against the world, we're America's team now, is laughable.
0: Well, it's, that it's, is the last thing that's happening. It is us, It is us. Their mantra is us against the Big Ten Yeah, and, and, and the conference. Because what we learned, and I want to get your reaction to the suspension. What we've learned is Tony Petiti's suspending him. And then, I mean, yes, we know that Harbaugh would have known. But what is, what has the Big Ten told us? What has Petiti told us about what they can show that connects it back to him? That's That's the key here. And the NCAA stands back and is doing their investigation. While that's ongoing, the conference steps in and suspends him for the rest of the regular season from game day. So while I think it's a... I mean, it doesn't help them that he's not there on game day. He's there every single day during practice and preparation, and he will be there on the sideline for the Big Ten Championship game. And they'll carry him out on on the player's shoulders, Chad. Oh, yeah. That will be the scene. And Petiti and company stepped in and tried to do something because the NCAA wouldn't. But in order to do something, you have to... I mean, you have to show more than what the NCAA is not showing us right now. And... The three-game suspension, I thought, would return... By, I thought it would be a... We would we would see the injunction, a temporary res- restraining order. That didn't happen. And there's a hearing coming up on Friday uh, where they'll go in front of a judge and see if they can get the, the temporary restraining order. But if you didn't approve it last week because of, you know, damages and, and irreparable harm, why would all of a sudden you go ahead and do it now if... The coach has already started the suspension against Penn State and, and Happy Valley. I, I'm curious their argument compared to what they've already done. But this, this is the chip on the shoulder that Michigan now is deadline focused on proving everyone wrong. And it's almost like a to me, this is more a WWE playing the heel, going in front of the crowd and saying, hey, we're your favorite tag team group. We are your favorite. We're the faction that everyone's behind and everyone knows that's just not the case, and you're looking for the booze. I mean, I think it's more of a jab at Petiti that it is truly believing that everyone loves them. Because they're hearing they're hearing it from everywhere except for their own fan base. Well, and <laughs> One
1: area where Michigan is correct in all of this. Now, again, Michigan is not denying any of the the evidence on Connor Stallions and what they've done. They did it. Clearly, they have all the evidence where Tony Petiti knows exactly what they've done. The due process is is over when it comes to that. They're guilty of it, and they're not denying it. But what Michigan is saying is you are stepping out of protocol and going against the NCAA when for years – What every team has done in every conference is let the NCAA investigation play out and let them rule what's going to happen. So I can understand Michigan saying, you're going to some extreme ends to do something to us right now, and we don't feel it's warranted here. We should wait for the NCAA investigation. Even though Michigan's not denying it, they know what they're guilty of, and they know what the NCAA has on them. So I I can understand Michigan's part on this. And here is where Michigan is correct, but where they're not going to actually get any follow-through. This sets a precedent, and they said it in the release that, hey, buckle up, big boys, because now that you've done this, I want every other head coach in the conference on edge, because the moment we find something on you, we expect Tony Petiti in the Big Ten office to act as such and suspend your head coach or do something midseason. It is open season on everyone else in the Big Ten. The problem, though, with this is, Hutton, it's going to be hard to find an instance where it is 13 against one, there's always going to be some dissenting opinion. There's alliances in coaching. There are programs who maybe know they're up to some of the same stuff that don't want to set that precedent. It's the same way uh, reason NFL owners don't want to burn another one because they don't want to be the one eventually burned. So they're slow to act and do that, right? This was a case where Tony Petiti got every other program on board, 13 against one against Michigan. I don't know that you're going to find that
0: again. Well, it was 13 depending against on one the case. after two against one presented evidence. And then mainly Ohio State through their the private firm.
1: Well, we, we don't know. They're denying well, all of that, and they're saying that they didn't do it. I, well, I, I don't know who, who brought it. But I'm saying the evidence that was presented, once everyone saw it, it was thirteen against and, one,
0: and you know Michigan's going to be digging for evidence on any, everyone else. They now. are, but and, and if you present the evidence, you have the the court of public opinion that will jump on that side if it's leaked the proper way and they, it breaking, they will. it's breaking news. On it doesn't necessarily have to come from Michigan immediately. It can come from uh, Staples, yeah, and, and then. And then you have the news that everyone's reacting to, and then oh by the way, it's coming from Michigan. Well, but then you got to
1: get all thirteen schools on board, though. Well, too. That, but you, and I think that's the that's the hard part now is Michigan's going to start slinging some mud on other programs and saying Tony Petiti, act, but, do what but, you did to it, us. And I understand that if you're not Michigan just, doing that, it's
0: not just Patiti; it's it, the other thirteen. You 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 have to you also have to stand up to that standard. Well, that's what I'm saying, but they're not. Well, I think they're all against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh in in this story.
1: My question I'm asking is, what is the story that is so unique that is different from everyone else that will get everyone else in the conference to stand up and say, you must act right now? I'm having a hard time. It's not going to be a paying scandal for players or anything like that. so common. Um, I'm trying to think of what that would be. Where every other team would agree that you should get this, this team, regardless if it's Michigan or anyone else, that you should go after this team. But I do agree with, with Michigan when they say, hey, you've started a new precedent now. So this is the new rule of law moving yes. forward. We're going to act in that way too. And I think everyone well, else should be on edge
0: in the but conference. It's, it's I not, get what they're saying. It's not without. just sign steal, it's not just scouting off campus. This is the sportsmanship policy. That's very open and vague yeah. in how you interpret it. So it doesn't have to be that big of a deal. It yeah, just remember, has to J- be sportsmanship.
1: Jawan Howard got suspended for three games last year for getting in a fight with Greg Gard at Wisconsin in a little post-game her, altercation. Remember when he was going after him in the handshake line. So I mean, Was Michigan's, that through the Big Ten? Yes. Michigan's no stranger to that. That was the Big Ten at the time, uh, Kevin Warren, as the commissioner, and their, that was their sportsmanship policy at play. So this has happened. You know, people have been suspended, coaches, players, through the sportsmanship policy. Um, I I just – look, I I think Michigan could absolutely, if they get good intel, turn other Big Ten schools in and force Tony Petiti into an uncomfortable spot to act one way or the other. I just think this is one where I look at any story, I think it's really hard to get every member of a conference united with an opinion – to enforce a rule against one team in the conference. Because there's usually either an alliance or, or one or two programs saying, let's hold off a bit. I don't know if we want to set this up for anything in the season. Is future. it easy
0: if you kick everyone's ass to get well, everyone aligned it, against It's easier
1: you. to be mad at them, for sure. And that could be part of it we, also. Hey, we
0: love emotion in sports. There's emotion on both sides. And the way Michigan is presenting it, it's, I'm, it's interesting. It's odd. It's odd and they're apparently America's team more on that next 6th the Peabody our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine hope you're doing great on this Monday join us in the uh, chat Chad's there right now on YouTube chat's fired up really? they're ready guy back. A lot from,
1: of a uh, lot of Michigan defenders in the in the chat. The kind of Michigan people going. It is. You a, got the Michigan in one corner. You got the Michigan defenders, in the other corner. You've got the rest of America. But according to Jim Harbaugh, America's team is wearing maize and blue. That's who everybody should be rooting for. I, this is an American tale as old as, as time. Is what Jim Harbaugh is telling. You know the classic upstart underdog Cinderella story. That's the all-time winningest program in college football <laughs> history. That one. That's, that's what Americans really
0: gravitate towards. Man, they dominated. <laughs> just 287 yards, eight pass attempts, seven offensive linemen, uh, a lot of different uh, formations. seven uh, offensive linemen many times in, in game situations, 32 rushing attempts in the second half alone. They just lined up. And, what was the consecutive runs against it was Penn like 28 State? 28
1: at one point, I think.
0: 27, 28 in a row. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. Um, Just manhandled Penn State, and then it led to the the sob, you know, uh, Moore wept. Uh, Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator and uh, interim head coach, uh, while Harbaugh is on suspension. Um, What what was that? I've heard praise for this and emotions. whatever. this was? I mean, what are you crying about? He thanked God. He thanked the good Lord, and then immediately
1: says, "I effing love." Jim Harbaugh, I, I love the bleep out of you. This was something off Saturday Night Live when I'm watching it. I, I thought it was pure comedy, watching this guy just completely lose it. I mean, when he thanked God, I, I it it looked as if he was thanking Jim Harbaugh, as if he thinks Jim Harbaugh is Jesus Christ, as he was thinking put him, him. in the, yeah. He is crying like the guy died on the flight over. I thought for a second Jim Harbaugh took a private flight and the plane crashed. <laughs> the way he was talking about, I'm like he's just at the hotel. He's five minutes away watching in a banquet room somewhere. You can go celebrate with him. It was one of the strangest post-game interviews I've ever seen. Now, let's get to the flip side of this because you got Sharon Moore weeping after the game and putting on this weird display of F-bombs mixed with thanking God. And he just beat James Franklin in that game by running the ball 28 consecutive times. Hutton, I am convinced you or I could have been head coach in that game and said, get behind that big offensive line and let's run the football with Blake Corum and win this game against Penn State. Looked really easy for Michigan. Corum this LLC, one. by the way. And that is not a great <laughs> reflection of James Franklin. Now, I've also said oh, it's not exactly right. a compliment to Jim Harbaugh that they look the same when he's not on the sideline, but that's neither here nor there. This is a bad look for James Franklin. And here is what I would say for James Franklin. I think it is very clear now with the time he spent at Penn State, he's never going to beat Michigan and Ohio State and be a better program than those two. If all things are equal, he is not the man to do that for you. But he is good enough now to lose two games a year and beat everyone else on the schedule other than Michigan and Ohio State. And in a new era of a 12-team playoff, yeah, That's good enough. I'll also say this, and I want to sort of warn Penn State fans about all this. And look, I've had, going back to when James Franklin was the coach at Vanderbilt, I've had a personal history with James Franklin. It hasn't always been great. And this show. And this show, absolutely, has had a personal history with James Franklin. Has not always been great. I know he got an attitude of the reporter after the game and had a little back and forth. We've had similar back and forth with him. But credit where credit is due – and this comes across maybe as a diss, it's not, you can do a hell of a lot worse than James Franklin if you're Penn State. Buyer beware because most of the time when you fire a guy who's losing two or three games a year, you're not going to do better with that next hire. Maybe it's a couple more coaches. Maybe it's one coach that bridged the gap, but you rarely do better when you go to that extreme to fire a guy who's only losing to two programs, and in in some years, maybe three games. So while I think James Franklin has shown himself to be what he is at Penn State, which is not good enough to truly compete with Michigan and Ohio State on an annual basis, losing two games a year, which that's kind of what they are at their ceiling, is not all that bad. So I don't think Penn State should do anything. I don't think they should act rash, Hutton. I think they should probably stay the course. But let me highlight this. Going for it on fourth down, horrendous decision. Went for two points way too early in the game to start, then went for two points again late in the game, too early, down nine at that point, where you want to extend the game, make it an eight-point game. You would think it's something point. more would do, not him. Yeah, you don't want to have to go for two until you have to go for two. So they essentially ended the game by going for two down nine and didn't get it, and then it's over. It's two possessions at that point. Then they don't get the the onside kick. So, look, a weird game for James Franklin. I think Penn State has been pretty inept in both performances against Ohio State and Michigan, not just losing the game, but they've looked dead upon arrival in those games, especially offensively. Drew Aller may turn himself into an NFL quarterback who's really good. He is not ready for games against defenses like that. That, that, He showed that in those two games. But I would warn Penn State fans that are pissed off and angry today – You can do a lot worse than what James Franklin has done. He's been a pretty good coach for you. And with the new format that may be
0: good enough to get you in the playoff in a lot of years. But what does that, and you're right, but what does that mean for the Penn State fan who is invested with everything, you know, uh, emotionally, financially, all of it? At some point, and and I think that the average fan realizes, just like we do, Franklin is good, not elite, but a very good coach. He's one and f- one and twelve against AP top five teams. So if you're going into if you're even thinking about the college football playoff, I mean, you're going into a situation where you know, like, okay, then we'll go into the the college football playoff and it's expanded to twelve, and then we'll do what we do against AP top five teams, lose. So you have to ask, is it has this plateaued? Or is there another level? Because what he did at Vanderbilt was win back-to-back seasons with nine wins during a stretch where the SEC East was really down. And if you're not going to win in this Big Ten against Michigan and Ohio State, if you're not going to beat Michigan without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline, you're not going to anytime soon. And the decisions and the chasing of points and everything and then the criticizing the reporter, jumping in uh, about the two-point conversion rather than just kicking. It it was all bizarre. And, um, Chad, it was like he was facing the pressure. And when you realize he's facing the pressure to beat Michigan that day, what do you think Ryan Day is going to feel like whenever he's not facing Jim Harbaugh? But he's got to beat Michigan. Well, let let
1: me start by saying I think Jim Harbaugh is going to coach in that game because I think they will get the temporary restraining order. And we're going to talk to Amy Dash tomorrow about the possibility of that happening. But I do feel like that's going to be the result on Friday, and he'll coach against Maryland and Ohio State. But to answer your question. But I don't know why they didn't a get it of first. Well, yeah. they, they wanted to. They didn't have enough time. That They said, we got to have time to review everything. We're not going to turn this around this morning to get this thing done. So they said, your hearing is going to be Friday where they can review all the materials on both sides. So I think we'll get an answer on Friday. And I think you'll be allowed to coach again, but we'll ask Amy Dash about that. To answer your question, though, Hutton, uh, enormous pressure on Ryan Day. I mean, enormous pressure. Because now you're also perceived as the whistleblower. Whether you are or aren't, and I know you're denying that it's not Ryan Day's brother that did the investigation, and hasn't really completely denied that you weren't one of the ones who turned them in, but you were looked as the whistleblower and a tattletale on Michigan. You've got the coach suspended right now. They're under a lot of heat, and now you're going to play head to head here in a, in a couple weeks. That's great drama. And I think it's a lot of pressure on on Ryan Day. This is the tenth year at Penn State for uh, for James Franklin. And Hutton, you asked a good question about if you're fully invested, if you're a booster, if you're someone with season tickets, how do you feel about this? I think you're probably very lukewarm and sort of fatigued at this point. Like fire their OC with James today, Franklin you know, right? yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he got rid of his OC, but you're probably looking at it saying, can we not move the ball better? Against these teams, we get a big elite quarterback prospect in and he looks very pedestrian against what can we not be better or do more? And I think you probably sleep on it and you realize, hey, this is kind of where you are right now. It's it's tough to expect to pass one of those two programs. But yeah, no, I think some fatigue is setting in and there will come a time where you have to ask the question, hey, are we good enough here or is it time to admit it's just never going to go to the next level? And let's try something different to see if someone can get this program to the next level. I don't think that time is now. I, I don't think they should go that route.
0: But they're going to start asking those questions. Well, if you don't go that route, you're going to – this sounds crazy. It's raise season for college football head coaches. And we will, we will see his name mentioned. He will make sure James Franklin will make sure his name is mentioned in job openings. Well, he's
1: trying to get, I'm sure, a mention at the Texas A and M. No doubt, but everyone is. Everyone,
0: even if you don't want the gig, no, absolutely, you want your name mentioned for that gig. So, yeah, but so you're either keeping him around, you're giving a pay bump, or you're not, and he's elsewhere. And can you do better? So I, I don't basing it off of what they've done against Ohio State and Michigan. No, they haven't done anything, if you're just basing it off of those matchups. Yeah. But what he's done with the program and where the expectation can be with the 12-team playoff, going back to your point, do you buy into the fact that they're going to be any different than what they've been against the rest of the country who's great and elite? Because they haven't been.
1: No, I don't I don't buy that they're taking another step. I don't see that a program – I don't see Penn State under James Franklin as a program that – is a sleeping giant ready to erupt and be a national power ahead of Michigan and Ohio State or anyone else that's coming to the Big Ten. I don't see that. I see him as a very good program that's going to win eight, nine games a season and then in good years get you ten wins and ten and two, and Penn State's going to have to decide whether or not that's good enough. I see James Franklin as a prime candidate and Penn State, quite frankly, as a shaking hands, parting of ways – you need a fresh start. We need a fresh start. We don't want to fire you. But if Arkansas is willing to overpay for you, go ahead. We're not going to stop you. That Walmart money is calling. Go there. I could see a job like that coming open that does have resources and money and that is pretty desperate right now to be relevant. That would say, I mean, would, if you're an Arkansas fan, would you take James Franklin? I think absolutely. Given his track record as a head coach, you go and do something like that, and then that could just kind of rid Penn State – of whatever lukewarm feelings they had about James Franklin that moment, too. But you mentioned, Hunt, he's played this game a bunch of times before. Oh, yeah. Flirted with Tennessee. He's flirted with other Java. He, I think he was on a plane uh, in Knoxville and toured some things with Tennessee or at least definitely got deep into conversations uh, with them at and he's one he's not point. the only one. Everyone no, does it. Mike but, Gundy's done it
0: multiple times with if Tennessee. But if you decide not, you will be giving him a pay bump in some way. And here's the other
1: thing. He's played the we need more resources, we need better facilities, we need more NIL money. He's played that card publicly before. He can't do it again. Yeah. Your fan base and your boosters, they're not going to listen to that again, especially given the two performances – against teams that were legitimately elite on your schedule. you got no more opportunities against elite teams this year. And you've been there 10 years. So I think everybody knows what the program is under James Franklin at this point. It's all about what do they want moving forward. I would, again, would just caution and say, be careful what you wish for, because it could be a lot worse.
0: Well, and then you also, I mean, every coach is going to lose. unless Over the last three years, there are four programs to mention with the fewest losses. Georgia with one loss, Michigan with three, Ohio State with four, and Alabama with five losses. Everybody else has at least eight losses over the last three years. So can you jump up a notch? Well, two of the four I just mentioned are opponents for you, but the schedule lightens for them. They actually benefit by the new format coming up with the teams coming in. So they're not going to be facing Michigan Ohio State every year. That helps. Yeah, well them. and and look at because the, the big ten top to bottom is not good. No, now, Penn State, their offense sucks.
1: The bottom but of the, so big does ten. the conference off the bottom of the big ten is is horrendous. Um, Jake in, in the YouTube chat brought up, you know, uh, t- Tennessee is an example with Penn State. Tennessee fans would kill for ten and two annually. i I don't disagree with that.
0: they, well, they would love that, but can you be Florida State? They were 15 but and 10 Let me
1: finish though, because here's what I want to get to the point on that. 10-2 um, and two at Tennessee is more of an achievement because the SEC is deeper, and their schedule is typically more difficult, especially when you're yes. playing Alabama, Georgia every year, right? I know they're playing Michigan, Ohio State, but who else outside of that are you playing at Penn State? It's about to get more difficult <coughs> with USC and, and Oregon and others coming into the conference uh, if you're Penn State, but... Um, Look at the residual effect around those programs, those four you just brought up, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. Look at all of the programs banging their head up against a brick wall, firing coaches that think they can compete with those programs. Florida is churning through coaches. Wisconsin, uh, we're talking about Penn State right now, who hasn't done it yet. Texas A&M. We have one to get into. Is one we got to get into. Firing coaches. Why? Because they expect to be elite. They want to be elite. And they can't because those
0: four programs are keeping everyone at arm's length. And they're paid closer than they are on the field Bingo. to these coaches. Bingo. Coming up, Jimbo Fisher out at A&M. What's next? Hot Mike with Henning Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Mike Florio with... Uh, what did Mike Florio have to say, Hud? With the... Uh, the tweet or post on X, Jim Harbaugh looks forward to playing the role of Tom Cruise and a few good men at Friday's hearing. He goes, Harbaugh should also try his best to avoid playing the role of Jack Nicholson.
1: Yes. Uh, you don't want to be Colonel Nathan Jessup, Jack Nicholson, <laughs> in that that role. I will say also, Harbaugh kind of has the Tom Cruise hair. Like I feel like they have kind of the same hairstyle. Wow. when I think of Harbaugh back in the day. A little bit of that swoosh up top. I think he performs his own stunts? Well, think about Tom Cruise in A Few Good Men with the hairstyle and then Captain Comeback Jim Harbaugh. There's some similarities, and they kind of have the same hair. Let me ask this in A Few Good Men phrasing for Michigan defenders, or more specifically, Jim Harbaugh defenders in all of this. So Lieutenant Caffey, Tom Cruise in A Few Good Men, he trips up Jack Nicholson, spoiler alert, in the end, by posing the question, why the two orders? And he said, I'm I'm kind of confused on this. If your word is law and everything you said is immediately your your people act on it, why would you feel the need to go back to a subordinate and give them a second order if they follow your instructions without a doubt? So why the two orders? And that of course offends Jack Nicholson and then, you know, chaos ensues with I want the truth and you can't handle the truth. My question for Harbaugh defenders. If Jim Harbaugh is an elite head coach, fully in charge of Michigan's program, and your defense of him is that he had no clue of Connor Stallions, where he was on Saturdays, what he was doing, that he was purchasing tickets to games, that he was the one in charge of getting signs of other teams, that he's talking to your coordinators on the sideline. If your defense is he had no clue what Connor Stallions would do, then how are you considering him an elite coach? Well, that sounds like more of a figurehead to me I, as head coach than someone that's truly in the weeds of the program and has his fingerprints on every facet of Michigan football. So if you're going to defend Jim Harbaugh by claiming that he has no idea what Connor stans doing, there's no proof of it, he has no idea, you can't do anything, he is an innocent bystander, I would then pose the second follow-up question by asking you, how elite of a head coach is that to have no idea what someone on staff is doing when they're doing it to this extent? Well, uh,
0: Chad, you know where I stand on this. I I think he absolutely knew. Yeah. I think what they're really asking or saying or they're in defense of is, prove it. Show me the proof. Because you're acting before you've, you've been able to prove anything. We can prove a lot about Connor Stallions. No one's denying that because the proof is there. Imagine any... Any Power Five program that has the fan base like Michigan does, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, keep going down the list, right? Georgia, Ohio State, those fan bases would be doing the same thing. If their conference commissioner jumped in and did this, while you're on the flight against an opponent that is capable of winning this year, at least the, the bandwagon fans are jumping on and the you know the, I, look, many picked Penn State based on the No doubt. I, th- that's the reaction. I, I'm not denying that it's either, any, that, it's any either that program or would do that. It's either that or it's oh everybody's doing it. Well, it but that I, that's the lazy excuse.
1: Yeah, look, I, I'm not Michigan's I, I, not alone in that after the suspension came down they fought it. I think most every program would have handled the same way and would have come back hardcore against the conference for doing that yeah so i'm not doubting that other programs wouldn't have done that now my answer to that question is when they say prove it you know prove it to the big 10 office prove that there's a connection here my response would be the connection is this he's the head coach he is ultimately in charge of the program and everything we have in our bylaws and everything the ncaa is going to tell you is it's his job to know That's the standard of the NCAA now. It's a failure to monitor at best. But this is a violation of the sportsmanship
0: policy, not failure
1: to monitor. And it's a a violation of the sportsmanship policy by Michigan. And their penalty is to suspend Jim Harbaugh, who's the head of Michigan football. Now, Michigan fans can buy that or not. I'm just telling you that's my response if I'm Tony Petiti. This is a Michigan violation of the policy. So our response is to suspend your head coach. If your response is, well, we're not denying that Connor Stads did this, but proved that our coach knew, my then, my retort to that would be, our proof is that he's your head coach. So him not knowing is not a defense. He's being penalized because your program did this. You're not disputing it. So we're punishing him as the head coach of the program. Now, Hutton, I'm with you. Every other program would have responded harshly the way Michigan has, and they have every right to defend themselves and do whatever they want. We can get into the logistics of them actually leaving the Big Ten like has been floated out there, which is the ultimate trump card to play. And, hey, we're down here in Nashville. We're SEC guys at heart. The SEC's raising their hand saying, come on. Come on. You want a piece of this TV contract? You'll help ours also. They'd love to have Michigan. Any conference would love to have Michigan. I don't know that that's what's going to happen here. That seems pretty extreme right now for them to bolt and leave the Big Ten.
0: Well, I agree. But the, again, it's the, what can you prove? And the other aspect, Chad, to point out is this is the ridiculous aspect of the NCAA. Because the fan base, the, the sure, penalties are coming, whatever. We want to win now. Because the experience, the moment, the banner, whatever, The championship is going to happen this year. The penalties can come, but you experience it now. And we've had the topic in the past. Would you take a championship now knowing that you're not going to have something for however many decades it's been for certain teams, right? Like Georgia. Georgia fans at the time. You waited 41 years. Would you take it now knowing you have to wait another 41? Everyone would say yes in the moment. And the penalty was, if you look at Kansas and Bill Self, what's the penalty going to be? You know? Yeah. A slap on the wrist? Well. Uh, let the NCAA, let the governing body handle this, is the argument, really. Because, you know, we'll take our chances. But the investigation will continue. Instead of jumping in the way they did. I, I, the timing of it, too, with the flight taking off and all that was craziness. But I think the argument is more about, okay, if you're going to suspend him, show us the evidence like Connor Stallions was presented because if you can't then you're punishing Harbaugh for Stallions but you can't link up the fact that he gave direct information to him I know it sounds crazy again I I believe he knew but you have to be able to present it in order to punish the guy and discipline the guy based on that
1: I think it's a big leap why weren't right. the why and
0: weren't I, the OC and DC punished?
1: I know that we're because they're not the heads of the program. I, I again, look, but they
0: were direct. You have evidence they're standing right this next is, to the guy.
1: But this is this is the big leap here. Coaches all the time stand up there at press conferences and they defend their guys. They say ultimately the buck stops with me. It's my responsibility to get these guys ready. They don't roll on their players often unless you're Shane Beamer. But most of the time, they're in there saying, "Guys, it is my responsibility to make sure we're coaching properly. It's my responsibility. It's my responsibility to get these guys going. We got to go back to the drawing board. We got to do this, this, and this." I, I, I think even the, the staunchest Michigan supporter has to have sort of a side eye grin when you are arguing. Man, Jim Harbaugh, head of the program, accountable players, coach, this and that. And then you also want to argue, well, there's no proof that you know that Jim Harbaugh knew about it, and now he's just a victim in all this. The head of the Michigan program is suddenly this victim. He is Jesus Christ on the cross, and the NCAA and every other Big Ten team is just out to get him, and he's completely innocent and knew nothing. No. If coaches are going to get up there and say, it's my responsibility, it's my program, it's my team, this is what's going on, they know. So when something like this happens that th- is this orchestrated, they're going to know coaches get blamed when guys go out and get arrested late at night. That's not their well, fault when that happens, but they have to stand up there in a press conference. And when they suspend someone or hold them accountable, they too are held accountable. There's going to be columns written about a lack of discipline and bringing in the wrong type of guy and things like that. When things go south, this is no different.
0: Well, but, but uh, and you're right about the criticism, but the penalty now think about what could happen here. They can win the national title, and it's the penalty's done. They've served their their time, and they're the national champions. So what do you do then? If you wait on the evidence to be presented, you can suspend him more, and you can penalize them more than doing what they did at the time. Well, they can do both. Well, you can do, I think they're but, trying to hit them, twice. but not not until they win the title. Yeah,
1: is well, my point. It, but this is but their you don't, way. You don't render that the way they but did. But this is their way to try to prevent them to show the Big Ten, to give them their pound of flesh, the other schools, and to say, we did something. And if they persevere through that, then, you know, fine. It, it's, a, it's a national title it, for the Big Ten. will it be 10.
0: viewed as they were punished and now they win? No. That, well, that will be the criticism uh, of Petiti, not Harbaugh. Uh,
1: our resident Michigan man in the chat, Jake, says, suspending the head coach isn't even a punishment. When you have a winning culture, it's nothing. Should have taken away scholarships, big fines, recruiting visits, et cetera. That hurts more. That's coming from the NCAA. That might be a year and a half or two years away, but that's probably coming from the NCAA. This is what the Big Ten could do now. I really think the rest of that's going to happen. I don't know it's going to be some huge detriment to the program, but you're going to lose a few scholarships. You're likely to get fined. You're likely to have a limit on recruiting visits or things like that that the NCAA can do. It's not going to hamstring the Michigan football program or anything for a long time, but that's likely to happen. This is just what the Big Ten could have done now.
0: Yeah, and they could do it because there's no appeal. There's no appeal process. But also, who knows how long this process takes for the NCAA. We could have a super conference by then because the new negotiations will be over and you'll have Amazon, Apple, or Hulu, or Netflix jumping in. And the super conference is here. Speaking of money, wow, with the buyout at College Station for Jimbo Fisher. $77 million. Chad, he his first coaching job, he made $20,000 that year. First paid coaching job. He was the offensive coordinator at Samford in 91. He will make $26,301 per day over the next eight years to not coach at Texas A&M. That it, is insane. It's,
1: it, it's, it's insane, and it's... It's the school's fault.
0: Well, this is this is the example I would use if I'm a player, if I'm a former player, and, and I'm an advocate for name, image, likeness, and I'm headed to Capitol Hill. If I'm leading a collective, while it it's not the argument to make because it's Texas A&M who's hurting themselves because they've got boatloads of cash. There's no. Is there any coincidence they're presenting the the fund with what was it 160 million or something is what they had at halftime unveiling on Saturday a lot. But I would use this to my argument of, well, if they're going to point to the average of nine percent per athletic budget that's going to the players, and if if the if the door remains open to pay players and the transfer portal and where we're headed with name, image, likeness, and oh, oh God forbid, there's going to be a, a NFL an NFLPA version of of college football, um, how about pointing to well, if you're really if you're if you really are cash-strapped, it's probably because 42 to 45 percent of your athletic budget, on average for a Power Five school, is going for buyouts. It's going to fired administrators, uh, going to new coaches or coaching search firms, instead of going to what would be revenue sharing for the players themselves. Again, College Station. And what's going on there is way different than your average Power 5 athletic budget and what, what they can handle and the buyouts they can pay. But this would be the example because they've just tripled the second most money paid out to a coach to not be there. And... So crazy. Tripled it with $77 million. And what is it, $19 million immediately within uh, the first two or three weeks of this?
1: Well, it's time we break the cycle of this, and let me give you a possible solution. Not a possible, and this is a solution if you're Texas A&M and how you approach this next hire. Dan Lanning, Lane Kiffin, already been thrown out there as names. Dan Lanning and Lane Kiffin to leave their current jobs is going to cost you a boatload and even more in buyouts. You're going to find yourself in the same situation with those coaches if they don't succeed. Go find a coach that you can pay half of what you'd pay them and not give them an enormous buyout for failing, by the way, if you have to fire that coach in three or four years and show them the boatloads of cash you're giving players in NIL and say, you're going to succeed here because we have the money and the infrastructure to get you what you need. You're going to have a well-paid staff. You are going to have a lot of NIL and you're going to win. And when you win, we'll pay you more. We'll pay you more based on achievement and stop with the massive buyouts that way they can get a really good coach that way they're not going to get dan lanning or lane kiffin without their agents
0: demanding what hutton a gigantic buyout much like jimbo fisher's right and uh you know who knows all about this billy lucci from Techsax. we head to college station next for the very latest